Hey, what's up? Lightbulb Joe here. Today we are continuing on with our jobs conversations. This is the fourth episode of talking about different jobs um, and stories and stuff attached to that. I don't know how many episodes we are at all. I think this is the seventh episode. Now, every time I tell a story, every time I tell a job story, I'm like, oh yeah, it was this date and it was this time. And then the more I'm reflecting on it when I listen to it back, I'm like, wait a minute. No, that wasn't that date. But like, that's those stories happened. So my timeline's a little askew. And I did actually forget. I worked at TGI Fridays for about a year, 29, no, 29, 2009 to 2010. Uh, yes. And then I was, no, 2008, 2008 to 2009. Oh my God. Why can't I remember this timeline, man? 2008 to 2009, I worked at TGI Fridays. You know, your typical restaurant experiences, you know, the customer service industry is just atrocious. Um, but now that we have social media to vent about it, it's good old times. I'm not actually going to tell about stories from TGI Fridays because it's useless. It's a it's a useless microwavable franchise, so whatever. Um, I then lived with my grandmother and I was acting 09 to 2010. I started at Tudor Time, July 2010. Yes. And then I left Tudor Time because that fucking kid threw a car at my head and the fucking director didn't do anything about it remember that story good story that was february 2011 okay because i then start or the end of january 2011 because i then started at um hofstra's medical school through northwell health as a standby patient in February 2011. And then I was there for many, many years. I was then at uh, New York Institute of Technologies Medical School for standardized patient stuff for a blip, only because they were just not organized and didn't like that. I kept questioning things. Um, I, I did not enjoy that that work experience at all. It was a beautiful campus. I loved I loved going there, but it was it, the program was just not acceptable. I hope it changed. And then I was at uh, Stony Brook University Medical Center's medical school as a standardized patient for a long time too. Loved it. I absolutely loved it. So standardized patient stuff. Let me just think out loud as I'm trying to get my timeline correct. Twenty. 15, I was not at the other places, but I was still at Stony Brook. And I was also doing merchandising stuff for this company called Big Geyser, which was an absolute joke and waste of my existence. But I was I was tricked into believing what the job was. And at that point, I didn't think very highly of myself. I know, shocking, right? So like, I was I, I didn't, I was settling, um, and I had to go from like store to store to like stock merchandise, which was like bottles of, you know, different drinks and stuff. And like, I never got help. And 
every time I would ask for help or something, I would always get ignored. And then at one point I lost it. I just flipped a shit. I cursed out my boss via email. And I was like, maybe if I fucking curse in an email, you'll actually fucking respond because you ignore my other emails asking this, asking that. And then immediately after that, I got a phone call from my supervisor who then had to meet me at a store to then take my work phone because I was fired. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I have asked for help for so long and no one has helped. And yet finally someone actually responds to an email because I fucking cursed them out. This is fucking stupid. So that was that. Was that. Learning, learning experience. My whole life is a learning experience. But that was 2015, I remember, because I then started uh, retail in 2015. And we'll get into retail stories at a later date. But now that my timeline is correct, okay. So acting stuff was mixed in with the standardized patient stuff. The standardized patient stuff was fun because what it is, a standardized patient, is you are an actor and you're given a script, basically. But it's like improv script. So if a medical student asks you, hi, how are you today? You know, I'm just confirming your name and date of birth. Um, then that's when you say, hi, my name is so-and-so and my date of birth is so-and-so, right? So like you're given lines. So if someone asks asks x you're so supposed to say y okay so like i played cases of like um rambunctious teenagers there was you know psych cases there was neuro neurological cases there was gastrointestinal cases there was uh just basic you know cardiology cardiology cases there was uh basic internal medicine cases just seeing a general practitioner um a gp if you will and I got a lot of ultrasounds. I got a lot of physicals. So anytime I would go for like a basic quote unquote checkup with my physician as this one particular character, I would get physicals. They would check my ears, my nose, my eyes, my mouth, my throat. They check my, my blood pressure, my heart rate, my breathing, my range of motion, my everything. I would get a full physical at least eight times a day because there was like eight to 10 different students you would see kind of a thing to play this case. And it was great. I was always healthy. I was always made sure that I was healthy. And if something did pop up, they would kind of like tell their director and then their director would tell us um, like, hey, this student noticed X. Maybe you should get it checked out. That kind of thing. Um, the best cases I ever did was I had to be trained to do a specific neurological case where I had to portray a specific type of seizure. And I had to like make a certain noise. My body had to stiffen at a certain time. I, I had to then spaz i had a twitch and a lot of the times when you're when you're testing a medical student you have to test like them based off their, their knowledge of what they're doing but also how they make you feel like it's it's an emotional thing as well as a physical thing so empathy that was the the basic thing that we we would always talk about are you empathetic towards this situation whether it's bad news or just general hey what's up haven't seen you in a month you know how's life been and when I was doing the neurological case and I would spaz and I would twitch, I would fall off the table a lot and or I would be smacking my head against the wall and a lot of medical students would back up into a corner not knowing what the hell to do. And a lot of the neurologists would actually shake my hand, pat me on the back, congratulate me afterwards saying, listen, like that was terrifying. If you started to pee yourself and foam at the mouth, we would have literally had to come in because that was so realistic. And I was like, thank you. So it was a nice little compliment on that front. It still brings... Tears of joy to my eye, knowing I had a appropriate seizure that I scared a neurologist. It was great. Um, but a lot of the students would fail that course because 
they didn't show any empathy. They backed into a corner, didn't make sure I was stable, didn't put a pillow under my head. If I saw a hundred students, and that's being generous, let's as I, w- I would see over a hundred, over well over a hundred students in any type of midterm or final um, situation, because I would have to test them and I would grade them too. I was their fate. Um, but like, if I saw a hundred, let's say maybe five of the hundred, no joke, maybe five of the hundred would actually uh, like put a pillow under my head or like make sure I wasn't falling off a table kind of a thing. It was so weird. It was so, it was so weird. Like, and these are people who are trying to be medical personnel. Like you want to make sure that they're okay and ready and, and ready for, for a hospital. You know, there's different types of people in the world that who knows what kind of seizures are going to do to one person versus the next. But like, if you if you let your patient fall on the ground, you should not be in the medical field. Flat out, plain and simple. Um, that was in Hofstra's medical school. Also with Hofstra's medical school, we'll, we'll stay on Hofstra for a bit. Um, my other favorite case, I absolutely loved it. I had to play this rambunctious teenager. I was 16 years old. Now, physical description of myself. Okay, at this point, um, in 2011. 2012 i was very thin i was about 130 something pounds 140 something pounds i was very toned i had muscle but like defined because i would work out excessively in the morning and i wouldn't really eat a lot of things and before that i actually had an eating disorder um so i was slowly getting back into the world of food and then eventually i did balloon up and weight and then eventually i went vegan wow my food journey is quite a quite a story as well look at all this cathartic speaking and memory talking as we're going along but at that present point i had very long curly hair i had zigzag sideburns which were awesome and i was allowed to do it and which was awesome and yeah i looked awesome i get stopped in the street all the time like people would ask to take my picture like it was so much fun it was so so much fun I, i miss it so much um so physical description of me because I'm portraying different cases. Okay, so I still looked young at that point. I had long hair. I had crazy sideburns. I had some tattoos. Not 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 that many at that point. But I could play a 16-year-old. So I was in a, you know, a hospital room, in a simulator hospital room with like a two-way mirror kind of a thing. And then there's the quote-unquote voice of God talking from like the command center. And um, I had to, I had lines. I had to say specific things. Um... So the objective was I wanted to go because my girlfriend wouldn't visit me and I had to get to work and I didn't give a shit that my, my knee was broken. I had to leave. I had to get out of here. So the, the nurse's objective, because this was a test for nurses to like renew their license or whatever, um, they had to keep me in the room. That was the objective, right? Um, so I got to rip out my fake IV, which wasn't actually in my vein. It was just taped to my arm, but I ripped it out. I started cursing. I was like, this is a fucking bullshit. Get out of my fucking way, you fucking cow. All these things, right? Like, I got to be a dick. And the nurses had no idea what was going on. And this little Spanish woman, I felt so bad for her. She uh, she was so, like, afraid. And, but, like, knew I couldn't leave the room. For my safety, she could not let me leave the room. This woman bolted from my, the other side of the bed by the time I was ripping out my IV to the door to make sure I couldn't get out. And she was grabbing the phone while like not physically pushing me back, but like spreading her arms. So I like 
couldn't get to the doorknob. And she's doing this while grabbing the phone, screaming security room, whatever, security room, whatever. And I got her in a corner by the time, like, quote unquote, security was coming. And I was like, you you have to get out of my fucking way. I am going home right now. This is unacceptable. These stupid, these stupid things, right? Because I'm a 16-year-old boy. I want to see my girlfriend. You know, I want to go to work. I don't want to be in a hospital. So um, she was convincing me to stay in my bed, wait till security got here. Um, they'd give me an Xbox to play with. I'm not leaving. And I was like, no, I'm leaving. And I, I was, by the time, like, I had my hand up and, like, I had a fist bald and I was, I was like, about to, like, fake go down, the voice of God, command sender, said, okay, simulation has ended. Please move to the debriefing room so we can discuss this. And I backed up and my demeanor changed. And she just looked at me and she just exhaled. But she, like, her eyes were wide and we both because I've never met her before. We both then walked to the debriefing room together and she stopped me before we even got there. And she's like, listen, I know you were acting, but you scared the shit out of me. I almost peed my pants. It was, that was terrifying. And I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. And she's like, like, I know these stuff. I know this stuff happens. Thankfully, I've never seen it before, but I don't want to be in that situation ever again. And I was like, well, now you know what to do. So we, when we got to the room, we were talking about, you know, what she experienced, what I experienced, if I thought she did an appropriate job. And I said, honestly, the amount of times I've done this, I think that she had done the best job. She was trying to distract me with an Xbox. She was trying to make sure that I was safe, that she wasn't actually physically pushing me, but she was making sure I couldn't get to the doorknob by putting her body in front of me, flailing her arms, grabbing the phone, calling security. I thought she did a great job given the present situation. I'm very impressed. I felt very safe despite the fact that I wanted to hurt her. Um that my character wanted to hurt her and that everybody just talked about it. They were, they were all, everybody who was watching, like the director of the program, the, the director of, you know, the command center who's in charge of, you know, lighting and microphones and things like that. Everybody who was watching was like, we're very impressed of both my performance and the way that the nurse had reacted because I was very violent. I was about to be very violent, but I was still, you know, hostile. I was very hostile within that cursing front, but I was, once that hand went up in that punching position and the voice of God said, all right, simulation, not simulation terminated. That's that's from Monster Sync. But OK, simulation has ended. Um, it was neat. But for her to say that she was so scared, she almost peed her pants. Again, one of the greatest compliments I've ever heard as an actor that me pretending to be a pissed off 16 year old boy almost caused this woman to pee in real life. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? We are... At, where are we? 14 minutes, 37 seconds. We will uh, continue on with more standardized patient stories because there's a few more from Northwell. There's a few more from, um, there's a lot more from Studybook, but they're fun stories. They're fun to reminisce. A, B for me, patting myself on the back, knowing how great of an actor I am. This is the pretentiousness, snooty, you know, nose up kind of a thing going. But like, when you and this goes back to when I was talking about failure in a previous episode, right? That you feel like a failure when someone tells you how talented you are and you don't get, you know, a job offer after that. That experience happened recently within the last couple of days, actually. I'm recording this on May twenty seventh, uh, where I posted an art project and people were just being dicks about it. Um, not dicks about it, but like still kind of being annoying about it. But again, leading into that failure conversation, which we had, we'll talk about it at a later time, but um I'm rambling. Yeah, so uh, more standardized patient stories to come. Um, what was the point? Oh, yeah. It just feels good getting complimented when you know that you did a good job and like people telling you how 
your good job affected them, that's pretty neat. Showing that sense of believability, pretty cool. Not many people get to experience that, and I'm very fortunate that I did get to experience that. So, till next time, stay well, drink water, please, stay hydrated, and yeah, mucho mahalo.